Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor C.J. Walker. How's everyone doing tonight? Awesome. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Pastor C.J. I'm on the teaching team uh, here at the church, and I have the honor of bringing you a word tonight. Y'all cool with that? Is it okay if we get started with prayer? Y'all good with that? So, uh, yeah, just bow your head. Lift up your hands, too. Lord, you know that we are nothing more than a thousand needs for you, God. And I'm thankful that every need that we have is met in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all want to jump in? I'm going to do something a little different tonight. Uh, We're going to do a good old-fashioned Bible study. Y'all cool with that? Uh, So we're going to take a look at a character a character in the Bible um, that we're really familiar with, probably. And I'm just going to kind of read you the story and give you some thoughts, and hopefully uh, something kind of strikes you as new and it impacts you in a creative kind of way. Y'all cool with that? Who's familiar with Jacob and Esau? Yeah, we're going to talk about good old Jacob and Esau this evening. So if you got your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn to Genesis. Uh, we'll start in chapter 25. We're going to talk specifically about... Um, the story where Jacob steals Isaac's blessing. Everybody kind of familiar with that story? If not, don't worry, because you're about to read so much Bible that you probably don't have to read it for the rest of the week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're about to, <laughs> Pastor Ryan, when we were putting the verses in, he was like, you're not going to say anything. You're just going to read the Bible. And I'm like, what a good sermon, right? Um, let's start at the beginning. That's usually the best place to kind of start a story. Um, Yeah, let's just start there. I'm going to be in uh, Genesis 25. We're going to start in verse 20, and we're going to look at um, Jacob and Esau and their their birth. Um, And it's important to know that Isaac was 40 years old. Um, He was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean. And Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant, and the babies jostled around within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? And they went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, there are two nations in your womb, two peoples who will be separated, who from within you who will be separated, um, and one will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Um, These are the first twins, like ever. Like there's never been twins before. So you have to imagine, like, I can't imagine really what that might feel like to Rebecca, um, but probably, probably enough that I would at least ask God about it, you know? So she's, she's probably freaking out. She's probably like twice as big as like a normal pregnant lady. I don't, I don't know. Um, but what I want, I'd like to point out here is that um, the Bible is perfectly capable of saying what it wants to. It's perfectly capable. And it could have easily said, um, and Rebecca told Isaac all that the Lord told her, but it doesn't. So we have no, no like account of Isaac knowing Rebecca is pregnant with twins. So I'm just going to move forward assuming he doesn't know. He ain't got a clue. Okay, keep reading. And when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau, which means hairy. <laughs> Y'all Bible names? They get me. (laughs) They just get me. Um, I want to point out here the last sentence of that verse. Who named him Esau? 
It's an open book test, guys. You're good. You can just, it's actually right there. They, yeah, together, Isaac and Rebecca. And so I'm anticipating that Isaac's standing there ready for his one bouncing baby boy. And they're like, oh, he's hairy. Let's just name him Harry, right? And then like, I'm picturing like the next verse. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau, Harry's heel. I'm just gonna call him Harry now, so. <laughs> and so like, I'm imagining they're like, oh, look at him. And like, here's the thing about moms, y'all, they can have the ugliest baby. And they're like, oh, he's just so cute. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> just wow. And then I'm imagining like all of a sudden this hand, like there's like the second, this, this other person coming out that he has no idea. Um, and it's interesting that with his hand grasping Esau's heel, he was named Jacob or a better way, his name came to be Jacob. I would like to point out like right here at the front, um, there are some weird family dynamics happening. Um, the Bible was really clear that they both together named Esau. And here it's like his name just happened to be liar and trickster and heel grabber. And I wonder how many times we let um, our names come to be something instead of what we should have been called. We're gonna, I'm gonna, so it's really cool. Matt had no idea. Pastor Ryan had no idea. But this whole thing, we're gonna really nail down on insecurity, kind of identity. We're gonna we're gonna focus in hard on that. And so the Lord is really putting His hand on what you let yourself be called. Cool. So yeah, good luck with that. Um, oh, here's another important fact. The very next verse: um, Isaac was 60 years old when Rebecca gave birth. So Isaac, 60 years old. This is gonna come back because it. The, this gets funnier the more you read it and kind of sadder. It's just, yeah, it's going to get wild. Um, so then the Bible wants to give us a little bit of backstory on these guys and kind of tell you about who they are. And it tells us this, that the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, a man's man, you know. While Jacob was content to stay at home amongst the tents. And Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebecca loved Jacob. And so there's definitely some favoritism happening. I don't know that much, I don't know of much that hurts worse than being on the bad end of favoritism. Just want to throw that out there. That's okay. We're going to come back. Um, once, so then the Bible gives us this story as an example. And this is a really bad example for the statement that it just made. But this is what the Bible gives us. So once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. And he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. <laughs> okay. Uh, this, that is why he was called Edom, which is, means red. So now he's red hairy. I don't, whatever. <laughs> I have not preached. I'm just reading this. Would it be better if I read it like this? No, no I'll mess up. Look, I'm about to die. What good is this birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to Jacob, selling his birthright to Jacob. Selling his birthright to Jacob. Um, and then Jacob gave Esau some of the bread and some lentil stew and he ate and drank. And then Esau despised his birthright. Um, there's all sorts to unpack there. We're not gonna camp here for very long. Um, it's just be careful. Everything costs something. And in a world where you're, where it's very easily decided whether you're moving in to the things of God or out of the things of God, everything costs something. And um, 
yeah, just be careful what you're willing to sell to get something. But that's not the focus. We're going to focus on the next story that we get because the Bible takes a break with our Jacob and Esau saga, and it focuses in really hard through Genesis 26 on Isaac and some of his stuff. And then Genesis 27 is where we're going to dive in, okay? Um, I think it's really important that we back up and hit the last two verses of 26. Um, a lot of you, depending on what kind of Bible you have, I think NLT, NIV has the heading for this section actually at the end of 26. I'm not sure what your Bible looks like, but that's kind of the beginning of this portion. So we'll start there, Genesis 26, verse 34. Esau was 40 years old when he married Judith, the daughter of Baeri, the Hittite, and also Basemath. That definitely looks like base math. <sighs> yeah, anyways. Daughter, the, Elon of, uh, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So if you got kids and they married a bozo, just keep your head down. Just keep your head down right here. Don't look. Don't smile. Don't, don't clear your throat. <laughs> yeah. Um, Esau was 40 years old. So if you've been doing math, um, Isaac was 40 when he met, married his wife. He was 60 when he had Esau. And now Esau's 40. So how old is Isaac? 100. That's base math. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> And it's so funny because Isaac's 100 years old, 20, verse 20, chapter 27, verse 1. And when Isaac was old, 100, um, his eyes were so weak that he could not see. And he called for his older son Esau and said to him, like I'm picturing like the godfather, like my son. Like it's like so dramatic. <laughs> and he says here, do you want to know why I tell you it's so dramatic? Uh, flip over to Genesis, just real quick. This is, this is just gold. Genesis 35. Uh, verse 28, Genesis 35, 28. Can you throw that up there, please? Isaac lived to be 180. He lived 80 years after this moment and he's laying up in the bed like he's dying. I'm like a picture and he's got like a cold. I, guys, I'm a carrier of the man flu, which means if my temperature hits like 99.3, I'm dying. Like bring me a will. I gotta fill out inheritance. That, that's actually what's happening right here in this story. <laughs> that's, that's me, I'm just, it's not good. So, so that makes it kind of funny, like, my son. <laughs> Rebecca's like, get up. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Uh, verse two, Isaac said, now I'm an old man and I don't know what day I'm gonna die. It just gets me every time. <laughs> so go and get your equipment, your quiver and your bow and go out into the open country and hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me so that I may give you my blessing before I die. I, I want to point out here, um, the man flu got you, didn't it? It, it gets me every time. It's, it just gets me. Um, I want to point out, you can bless anything as much as you want. Many of you probably said the blessing two or three times today. You bless your kids. I'd like to point out at the beginning of this story that Isaac can bless both of his sons. Okay, everyone following? Um, he, he can't give more than one birthright because a birthright is like a combination of responsibility and inheritance. Um, if you're familiar with like a double portion, that's kind of the idea. So like um, you take the amount of kids you have, you add one 
and then divide it evenly. So like, for example, like Isaac has two kids. He would divide all of his inheritance into three parts, give Esau two and Jacob one, and that's called a double portion. So he only has one double portion, but Jacob already has that. And now it's just time to bless his children. Um, and I just wanna point out that he can bless as many people as, you can bless people as many times as you want. It's like an incredible part of being a Christian. So just going on record for that because the, the, the tone is gonna try to convince you there's only one and that's just not the truth. And so as we jump in, I'm gonna challenge you to maybe read objectively because I'm gonna bring some maybe new ways of thinking about this story and just hear me out. Let's see what happens. Um, so he, he tells Esau, come here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a blessing because I'm clearly gonna die today. And um, <laughs> he doesn't. Um, yeah, so go, go do what I like. Go hunt, make me some, some tasty food and come back and I'll give you a blessing. And as the Bible says, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son, Esau. Um, when Esau left the open, for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son, did you notice the son thing that's happening? So Isaac only, the whole narrative, you can pay attention. Isaac only calls Esau my son. It's just the weird, like, it's just the weirdest, like, craziest thing. Rebecca said to her son, Jacob, hey, look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son. So you see, like, there's all this weird kind of stuff going on. Listen carefully and do what I tell you. Now, I want to pause here. And I'm gonna tell you the way that I've heard this story and the way you've probably heard this story. And I'm gonna maybe hand you a different option. Rebecca cooks up this evil maniacal plan to deceive her husband so that, she, so that he blesses the son that she likes more. And I just don't think that's exactly what's happening. And so we're gonna look really closely because Rebecca's about to tell her plan. And then I wanna see if maybe that feels like super accurate, okay? So this is her plan, verse nine. Listen carefully. Go out to the flock, bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father. And then she adds this, just the way he likes it. So I don't know if she's kind of salty because she's supposed to be like the cook around the house. I'm not really sure, but she's like, no, I know how he likes it. Um, then take it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. Is there any deception in what we just read? Go get some food. Listen, he's gonna die, but we both know he can bless as many kids as he wants. So why don't, let's make a meal. I know how he likes it too. And you go in, ask him to bless you too before he dies. Seems pretty fair. Everything seems pretty clean, cool? Here's my point. I'm gonna go and give you a punchline because I get so excited. I can't stand it. I don't think Rebecca's trying to deceive her husband. I think Rebecca's trying to deceive her son. Check out what Jacob says next. You ready? Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is really hairy and I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? And check this out. It would look like I'm trying to trick him, which implies what? He's not trying to trick him. Cool. Well, that's good. Um, we're starting real strong. But for some reason, when he knows that it's me, he's gonna curse me. And we know why that is. 
he, he doesn't like his other son. Jacob is saying something really clear, like, and I need, I need you to kind of focus in and hone in because if you don't let me lose you, this will wreck you. It's so good. J- Jacob is saying, he, he doesn't love me. I'm not Esau. I cannot go in there. As soon as I walk in, he realizes it's me. He's just gonna curse me anyways. This is insecurity. Whether it's right or whether it's wrong, whatever, whether it's the result of constant neglect and all of these other things. My point is, let's just keep reading because it just gets so much better. And his mother says, my son, if he curses you, let it fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and, go and get the things I've asked, which is just the food. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother and she prepared some tasty food, just like the way his father likes it. And Rebecca took the clothes of her son Esau, the older son, uh, which had been in the house and she put them on her younger son and she covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goat skins and she handed to her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made and she sent him in. This is what I think is happening and you can do what you want to do with this. Um, his concern is that he doesn't feel like Esau. So his mom gave him clothes so that he would feel like Esau. Not so that he would feel like Esau, so that he would feel like Esau. Are you following me? Go convince your father that you're more like Esau than you think you are. Who's she deceiving? How many times do we try to trick ourselves into acting like we're someone else because we're really insecure in our own skin so we put on theirs? Here's what's crazy. Okay, it's gonna get so good. It's gonna get so much better. You're not even ready. (laughs) So he goes into his father and he says, my father. And he says, yes, my son, who is it? So up to right now, Jacob's supposed to go in, convince his father, bless me, Jacob. Um, I'm more like Esau than you think, but I'm Jacob. And Jacob panics. This is what he says. Go and throw up the next verse, verse 19. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau. The plan just crashes and burns right here. Because that's what we do, right? You ever like gotten up the courage to do something and then like right at the last second, you just crash and fail? Yeah. So like, I'm the type of person that that I order the same thing at restaurants, like every time. And then here, I, I like even tell my friends, I'm like, I'm feeling brave today. I'm gonna get something new. And then I look at the menu and I know I'm not gonna get something new. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get this. And then it doesn't matter what was gonna happen. The old thing just comes out of my mouth. It just, you know, the Mexican restaurant, ACP, extra cheese. Like, it's, it's a staple. Come on. Like, first of all, never mind. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> That's what happens. They have a plan to increase Jacob's confidence. Hey, dress up like your brother because the only way God can bless you is if you look more like your brother than you. It's okay. I'm going to keep throwing them. It's all right. Um, that's how we think. God's not big enough to bless me and brother. So I'll dress up like him. And so the problem is, is that whatever persona you create on the back of a lie, you will have to continue to lie to maintain. Every blessing you procure from manipulation, you will continue to manipulate to maintain. And the problem is, is that we get so uncomfortable in our, old, old, on our own skin that we put on someone else's and it's usually at the voice of someone that we trust who's unqualified to lead us. 
It's okay. It's okay. But I want to point out, like, Rebecca here, like, I, I can get what's going on with Rebecca. This is a mom who sees some, like, hardcore dysfunction going on, and she's like, I'm just going to help him get his confidence up instead of just going right in. I want to point out, like, there's, the Bible's really complicated, but the real bad guy of the story is Isaac. You know, like, we need a bad guy, and it's way more complicated than that. But this is not a very good father. We all following? Cool. Check out this conversation. It's wild. Um, you're for, I'm your firstborn. Because, never mind. It's okay. I've done as you've told me. Now, please stand. And then all these crazy questions. I'm not even going to read it. All, how did you get this food so quickly? And so then another lie has to happen. Oh, God gave me a blessing to find this animal fast. Man, you sure do sound like Jacob. And he's, then he's like, but I'm Esau. Like, gets his voice deeper. Like, <clears throat> you know? And then he's like, I'm not sure if you're really Jacob. So he's, he's having to continue the lie to maintain that he is who he says he is, right? And we can't relate to that. Um, yeah, and so we're gonna skip ahead to verse 27. So he went up to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son. Now let's pause for a second. Who does Isaac think he's talking to? Esau, yeah. Who is Isaac talking to? Jacob, yeah. So that makes the next, um, so it's like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and snow. And then watch this. And may nations serve you and people bow down to you and let your brother, ugh, be a Lord over your brother. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. How do you feel if you're, if you're Jacob? Ugh, pretty bad, right? And those who bless you, be blessed. And then the Bible's so dramatic. I feel like it's a Hallmark movie sometimes because the next verse is like, and as soon as Isaac finished blessing him, Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence and his brother Esau, I'm like, they passed in the hallway and they, they like slow-mo, like sideways look, you know, like that's the way I read. Uh, it's really funny. As I'm reading this, so like I teach middle schoolers and I, I kind of tone back a little bit for middle schoolers, but not really that much. And um there's a seventh grade I'm reading this and she just keeps going, oh, the drama. <laughs> I'm like, who, who are you? you? What's going on? And we know the story. Check this out. Here's my last like point to prove this was not Rebecca's intention. Um, verse 42, when Rebecca was told what her younger son Esau had said, because he freaks out, I'm going to kill him. Um, she sent for her younger son, Jacob, and said, my, uh, your brother Esau is planning to avenge you as bench himself by killing you. Um, now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. Now watch this. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him. There's two ways to read that. One, she's like the evil, evil lady from Tangled. Y'all seen that? You know what I'm talking about? And she's like nuts. And she's like, oh, look at what you did. And really, she did it. Or she really didn't plan any of this. And he really did. His insecurity won the, the battle. And because of what you've done now, you have to run. This was not what we talked about. Why did you go in there and lie? So you can deal with that for however long you want to. Then she says this, why should I lose both, lose both of my sons in one day? Okay, we're going to like speed up. Okay, because this is going to get even better and better and better. Because Jacob runs away. If you're familiar with the story, Jacob runs away. He freaks out. He goes um, to his mother's country and he finds, um, 
a beautiful woman. And for whatever reason, the inheritance that he just procured has been wasted. It's gone. Because when he sees the most beautiful woman he's ever seen struggling at a, at a well with a rock on it, he has to roll the stone away to get her attention, but he has no money to, to pay the bridal price, so he just weeps. Does that make sense? Which that just screams Jesus. I don't have time. Like, you guys caught that, right? Like, roll the stone away? Okay. Wow. All right. And then check this out in verse 28. He's poor. He doesn't have any money to buy the wife that he wants. Jacob talks to himself. He makes a vow. I'm in chapter 28, verse 20. Jacob made a vow, talking to himself, saying, if God will be with me on this journey and will watch over me on this journey, I am taking, uh, on this journey I'm taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of that, you, all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So, Joe, so Jacob runs away, right? It's like the Lion King. Y'all seen the Lion King? The Lion King is like my jam. God speaks to me in the Lion King. It's, the hyenas make him run away. I mean, come on. All right. And so we know the story. Jacob, he spends all of his inheritance. He wastes it. Now he has nothing and he has to work in pig pens and sheep pens to try to afford the wife that he thinks that he deserves. And it's really interesting that Jacob meets his match. He meets someone who can dress up and trick better than him in Laban, right? And so there's all sorts of parallels and really cool things that are going on. Um, but once again, Jacob kind of blows everything. His insecurity uh, causes him to win or causes him to lose, right? And um, he has to run away. He has to go back to his father's house, okay? And on his way back, he's freaking out because he's gonna meet Esau, Everyone tracking with me? And he's freaking out. He's gonna kill me. It's been so long. I don't know what to do. And we're gonna read um, how Jacob sends his family over and he's, he's gonna talk to God. This is Jacob's prayer, chapter 32, verse nine. I love this prayer. This is like really good. Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. But I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness that you have shown me. When I came across this river last time, I only had one staff, but now I have enough for two camps. Why have you been so faithful? Save me, I pray, from, the, from Esau, my brother, for I'm afraid he will come and attack me. And also the mothers with their children. But you have said, surely I will prosper you and make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. And we know that Jacob that night is gonna wrestle with God. He's gonna wrestle with God. You guys familiar with this story? I know you're like, man, this is a lot of Bible. This is like a really big character study. And we're gonna pin this down really nicely. And it's gonna, it's gonna be really good. Um, and Jacob wrestles with God, right? You remember this story? It's in the very next chapter. Actually, it's in the same chapter. Um, let's just read it. Uh, chapter 32, verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Jabbok. And after he'd sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled the man. 
Then the man said, let me go. And then Jacob says what Jacob often says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And then check this out. So good. Because when God wrestles you, you can't lie. What does God ask him? What is your name? This is the moment. What's he going to say? The last time he was here, he, he fails. And it's amazing because what does he say? Jacob, yeah, pull that next part up. Jacob, he answered. And immediately God said, nope, I'm giving you a new name. And what I came to tell you is basically this. Your new name is wrapped up because you won't face your old name. Anybody who knew the new name God had for you would not pretend to be someone else. If you knew who God created you to be, you would not pretend to be someone else. You would not do all of the things to manufacture a facade blessing so that people like and accept you because the you that God has for you changes everything. Because here's what's amazing. This is the best part of the story. And then we're gonna jump over into the gospels just real quick. And it's gonna be really good. Um, he finally, he, he gets security in his new identity and he crosses the brook. and He's gonna go face the past. Um, most of us are too afraid to face our past. And all of the things that he thought were gonna kill him, chapter 33, verse four, but Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him and threw his arms around him and kissed him and they wept. And it's like, come on. Most of the enemy, let me pose it this way. Jacob wrestled with God, um, but his whole life Jacob wrestled with Israel. The real, most of us, once we come into Christ and we're trying to navigate our real self, most of us are too afraid of what would happen if God was faithful and he did do what he said he was gonna do. Am I worthy of that? So really what we wrestle with is our identity. And the you that God created is so much better than the you that you've pretended to be. And Jesus, oh, this is so good. Jesus inherently understands this. Inherently, he gets it so great. And so he stands in front of a bunch of Pharisees. And you tell me what this sounds like. Jesus told them a parable, Luke 15. There was a man who had two sons and the younger son came into the house and asked of his father his inheritance. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Now I know the way that we like to read parables. We like to treat it like a formula. Okay, so the leaven means this and the thing means this. And then now I just swap out those words and I can read a brand new sentence. And it's just, that is not, that is not what's happening here. Jesus is saying, do you remember? Because remember, he's talking to Pharisees. Do you remember that story where there were two sons and the younger one asked for his inheritance and then he ran away? Remember, and then all of his inheritance he squandered, right? So then he finds himself working for a man, taking care of the pigs and the sheep. It's quiet up in here right now. It's nice. And Jesus says, um, he finally said to himself, that's what Jacob did. He finally said to himself, Aren't, my father can, I can go back to my father's house. And so he takes off running. But there's a glaring difference in the Jacob and Esau story and the prodigal. What is it? Who meets him? Who runs to meet him? God is not Isaac. And Esau does not have to run for him. 
And I'm not really sure how much of your life you squandered trying to pretend that you're something else and trying to find fulfillment in things that have no right to fulfill you and trying to do everything and trying to do whatever it takes to get into that clique, into that group of friends, and they're not really worth the emotional space. But God is not like Isaac. He'll act, it's the moment you turn back, he actually runs to meet you. Then I'm gonna turn this whole thing. Where's the other brother? Yeah, he's back in the field. So Jesus has two indictments in this, in this parable, okay? And then we'll wrap this up. Number one, I don't know who has given you names that you don't have a right to have, but God is not like that guy. And number two, God should not be running alone. Where's the other brother? He's in the field mad that the father ran. And so I'm not sure, and the, here's the weird part about the Bible, is it has a way of just like turning the tables, ripping the rug out right when you're not ready for it, is that I know the whole time that you thought that you were Jacob, but I'm saying you're Esau. We are Esau. And we stand with our arms folded in a field, mad that the father's running and the father's shouting back, why are you not running with me? I wonder how many brothers are trying to talk themselves into coming home, but they won't, not because they're afraid of a bad father, but because they're afraid of angry brothers. <laughs> Who are you gonna be? Who are you? Jesus hands out this indictment. You, and then I love it, because then you get the only interaction that you ever really get between Jacob and Esau in the prodigal story. The father turns and says, is not everything that I have yours? Why are you angry? And I wonder how many times, you know my favorite part of the story? Check this out, this is really good. I'm, going, I'm over by one minute, but just, it's okay. So, um, he does what Jacob does. He rehearses his apology. When I get there, I'm gonna say this and then he's gonna say this and I know he's gonna say that. So then I'm gonna, and we plan that out. Most of us do that in the shower, right? <laughs> or you replay the past ones like, oh, I should have said, I should have said that. <laughs> like, so he rehearses his apology and he runs and the father interrupts his apology. He's like, dad, he's like, just snatches him up, you know? It takes a really mature Christian to apologize. It takes a more mature Christian to interrupt apologies that you are owed. It takes a more mature Christian to interrupt the apologies that you are owed. Why is the brother in the field and not on the porch with the father? <sighs> so good. It's so good. I can do this for like another hour, but we're gonna have to wrap this up. Here's what I wanna do. I want everyone to stand up. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the insecurity is, what the issue is. Um, but we're gonna pray and I'm just gonna pray over you, bless you, and then we'll be allowed to leave. So lift up your hands. It's really important that we lift up our hands. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness and your kindness. And thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that the last time I crossed this brook, I only had a staff, but now I have far more. And your faithfulness outnumbers the blessing you promised me. And I pray right now over every person in this room that whatever insecurity they have falls off in the name of Jesus. I pray that whatever, whatever other clothes have been put on uh, falls off in the name of Jesus. And then I also pray a fervent desire to stand on the porch with the Father looking for the lost brothers to go and meet them. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we love you so much. We'll see you on Sunday.
We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.